my readings are rather long, so I will let you uh, um, be content with having followed them in your book. Um, and also, just to keep this a little a little brief, because my uh, my head feels like a, a cement mixer arrived during the night and filled it up uh, completely. So uh, I don't know. There's something blooming here that <laughs> I don't that doesn't like me or I don't like or something. But uh, I'm absolutely completely stuffed up. The uh, we have here, um, of course, the uh, feast of the conversion of Paul. And he goes uh, in just a few verses from breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord to being one of the chief disciples of the Lord, um, indeed an apostle. And uh, in fact, while I was reading uh, the gospel, uh, uh, reading Acts uh, just now, the epistle, it occurred to me that with what happened with Paul after he is struck blind and he's led into Damascus and then what happens he waits for three days without sight and he didn't eat or drink well this was like a vigil before his baptism in you know the Christian church uh, what we've always done is we've had vigils before our feasts um, or you'd have the ember days before ordination days there is always a period you have the triduum before the uh, feast of the resurrection this is in a way uh, uh, he's heralding um, what the early Christians would do uh, before baptism and indeed he was baptized uh, and uh, after this uh, three days without sight or and, and eating so it's a it's a vigil okay well in this reading from Acts there's a very uh, famous and uh, important uh, moment when the Lord says to Saul before he changes his name, and we all we all know about you know the importance of having your name changed. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul says, Paul says, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Well, Paul, of course, Saul was persecuting the Christians. And so the church has always taken this identification of the body of Christians with the person of Christ. So we have um, we have the phrase that, uh, for example, in baptism, that by our baptism, one of the effects is that we are made members of the body of Christ. And that's absolutely correct. However, there are also writers who have gone a little farther and said that it's not only just incorporation into the body of Christ. It's incorporation into the very person of Christ. The mystical person of Christ. 
And the the first time that that ever really caught my my consciousness, my eye, was in a letter that John Paul II wrote um, about Augustine Hippo um, in 1986. He wrote a, 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 an apostolic letter called um, Augustino Hipponensem. And he uses in it the image of the mystical person of Christ. And he says, Because Christ, the only mediator and redeemer of men, is head of the church, Christ and the church are one single mystical person, the total Christ. Uh, Augustine, in his writings, talks about, he likes to make distinctions about Christus Caput, Christ the head, Christus Corpus, the body of Christ, and Christus Totus, Christ whole and entire. He writes with force, we have become Christ. Just as he is the head, we are the members. The whole man is he and ourselves. This doctrine of the total Christ is one of the teachings that mattered most to the Bishop of Hippo and one of the most fruitful themes of his ecclesiology. Okay, well, where does this come from? Well, John Paul II didn't, you know, just like uh, cobble this up. Um, because already Pius Twelfth had talked about this in Mystici Corporis Christi, where he said, it is clear that this union of Christ and his members is the closest possible. The very ancient and constant teaching of the fathers shows us that the divine redeemer, together with his social body, constitutes one mystical person, our Savior himself. In his such a dotal prayer, he did not hesitate to compare this union with that marvelous unity by means of which the Son is in the Father and the Father is in the Son. So that's Pius Twelfth in Mystici Corporis Christi. But if you're, if you're looking for another source of this, there's a marvelous quote from Fulton Sheen in a book that goes all the way back to 1935. And his book called The Mystical Body of Christ, Mystici Corporis Christi, gee, it's almost as if there's a theme running here, where Fulton Sheen writes, Christ and his mystical body make but one mystical person. A mystical person has a double existence, one in himself as head of the mystical body, and the other in the body of the faithful who receive his life. Inasmuch as he exists himself, he is a single person. But inasmuch as he subsists mystically in his members, he fulfills the role of personality. Thus united to us, Christ shares his life by a kind of communication of idioms, somewhat akin to that which is established between his two natures. A communication of idioms, so the property of the one can be attributed to the other. The other one can be attributed to the other, that sort of thing. All right. So, what is a takeaway from this? If we try to crack this open theologically and, and try to draw something from this phrase, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Well, for one thing, if we are members of the mystical person, 
of Christ. Then magnificent graces flow to us from being incorporated, from being, from being involved in his person, not just in his body, but in his person. Great graces flow to us. But then we have to turn the sock inside out, then, don't we? Because if the, if the graces flow to us, then, then so do the other things. And that means so does the suffering. The passion of the Lord flows to us also. The necessity of self-emptying, as the Lord did, flows to us also. I think this is the uh, one of the spiritual takeaways of uh, the celebration of the conversion of Paul, in that in gaining this uh, in, in gaining this great apostle to the Gentiles, who isn't just the apostle to the Gentiles. Uh, you know, this is this is one of the things that uh, I think people confuse a little bit about Paul. Say, well, he isn't terribly interested in the Jews. He's just interested in the Gentiles. Well, no. <laughs> the first thing that he did is went. First thing he does wherever he goes, he goes to the synagogues to preach. So uh, um, uh, Paul is uh, is apostle to everyone, not just the Gentiles. But he is called the, the apostle to the Gentiles. So uh, in any event, uh, one of the things I think we have to take away from this is that if we are going to be members of Christ's mystical person, then we have to accept uh, the suffering along with, uh, along with the grace. And uh, both of them, the grace and the suffering, both of them are transformative. 